Chicagoans driving north on Lakeshore Drive near Lincoln Park at Fullerton can see a building off to the right between the road and the lake. Honestly, if you exit at Fullerton, you can't miss it. While many know this as the Theater on the Lake building, many may not know of the building's original purpose. Today we're talking about Chicago's fresh air sanitariums for babies. We're also talking about the man-made areas that make up a large stretch of Lincoln Park. And in a bit, I'll circle back to the Theater on the Lake now. I'm Tommy Henry, and this is the Chicago History Podcast. One of the research sources I read had a pretty great line that I'd like to share. It reads, Nothing shows more conclusively that humanity is reaching a higher level than the increased facilities provided for the care of the children of the very poor of our cities. That, by the way, was from a newspaper from August of 1900. The article goes on to talk about Chicago's efforts toward helping local children Admittedly, the piece later has a line that reads, It is impossible to save the lives of many of the babies, even with the best of medical attention, while they are left at home in the care of hopeless mothers. I like to think the writer meant hopeless as in feeling despair and not as in inadequate. In the late 1800s, respiratory issues like tuberculosis were prevalent in the United States, especially in crowded urban cities like Chicago. Oppressive heat during the summer months, this was way before air conditioning, and outbreaks of cholera made things dicey as well. Lack of proper refrigeration for milk for babies was also an issue. Out of concern for the well-being of children and their mothers, Fresh air sanitariums were built, giving those in need a place to get food, milk, health care, and relief from the sweltering heat, if only for a few hours a day. In a July 1878 interview in Chicago's Inter-Ocean newspaper, the reporter asked the city health commissioner, Dr. Oscar DeWolf, what effect the high temperatures of the ongoing heat wave would have upon the death rate. DeWolf said it would increase largely among those five years of age and under. The reporter then asked, Can you suggest any means of relief? To which the reply came, and I quote, One of the best means of relief is the Lincoln Park Sanitarium at the North Avenue Pier, which will be open Thursday morning for the reception of invalid children and their mothers and nurses. The pier has been securely floored and a railing placed around the edges to prevent visitors from falling into the water. A canvas to ward off the scorching rays of the sun has been stretched overhead. There will be ample sitting accommodations for all. I understand the park commissioners will have a physician present to attend to the medical wants of the children. In the 14th, 5th, 6th, and 8th wards, all badly sewered districts, there are a large number of mothers with sick babies who are too poor to transport themselves by horse car to this hospital. That these people may have the advantage this lake exposure offers their sick children, I'm proposing to employ two omnibuses to gather them in and take them there in the morning and bring them home at night. 
Dr. DeWolf went on to say there would be inspectors visiting sections of the wards and inviting mothers and children to come to the sanitarium the next day for relief. And so became the tradition of picking up mothers and children, no mention of dads, and taking them to the lake for care and relief from the heat free of charge. The fresh air sanitariums were supported by contributions from locals and fundraising efforts of the Chicago Daily News newspaper, which championed the sanitariums for many years. Those who were able were encouraged to travel to Halstead and Fullerton and board the sanitarium's wagonette, a bus-like vehicle pulled by a horse. Now, in case you're thinking, hey, wait a minute, at the beginning, you said the sanitarium was at Fullerton, but in that last part, you said it was at a pier at North Avenue. First of all, thanks for paying attention. Second, you're correct. The first fresh air sanitarium on the north side was at a pier at North Avenue. The second would be built near Fullerton. A third, well, give me a minute, would you? In 1893, the World's Fair, based south of downtown in Jackson Park, featured a replica of the Spanish monastery La Rabida. I wasn't too familiar with La Rabida, but allegedly it is where Columbus stayed before he departed for his excursion west. This replica contained a large number of relics of such value it was put under guard by soldiers from the U.S. Army, The entire building was set apart from the rest of the World's Fair on a promontory to isolate it from the dangers of potential fires. More on La Rabida in a moment. As the 10-week-long 1895 summer season was set to begin in June of that same year, it was reported the previous year, 1894, the Fresh Air Sanitarium in Lincoln Park cared for 10,560 babies, 14,179 mothers, and 37,635 children. Seven physicians would be on hand every day in 1895 from 8.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. If further medication was needed, the mothers would be given medications to take home. Things were well in hand on the north side of the city. But what about the south side of the city? By May of 1896, the World's Fair had been over for nearly three years. There were a handful of structures from the fair that remained, but as most were meant to be temporary, they were falling apart quickly. The senior vice consul of the Spanish consulate worked to have La Rabida in Jackson Park donated to the city of Chicago as a fresh air hospital and worked to get the building ready for visitors, stating La Rabida would be open to children, quote, regardless of race, religion, or ability to pay, end quote. Local women's groups helped with fundraising and recruiting volunteer physicians. When you hear people talk of areas that used to be part of Lake Michigan X number of years ago, what they may be talking about is landfill areas. A large portion of the lakefront of Chicago looked much different in the late 1800s and early 1900s. Much of the area, now known as Grant Park, for example, was filled in with debris from the Great Chicago Fire of 1871. This was later topped with soil from tunnel excavations as the city built the infrastructure needed for utilities and mass transit systems. The shoreline just north along Lincoln Park wasn't much different. 
For my engineering-minded listeners, you may enjoy this. The May 30th, 1909 Chicago Tribune's Workers' Magazine section, quote, for the man who works with hand or brain, end quote, had a full-page article about the Francis T. Simmons Dreadnought, a ginormous hydraulic dredge. The dredge, measuring 148 feet long, 38 feet wide, and 10 feet deep, used a suction pipe 30 inches in diameter to draw up thousands of cubic yards of Lake Michigan's bed, which was then piped to the shoreline. This blue clay from the lake bed was sent through three pipes at a rate of 3,000 cubic yards per hour. The sight of this machine off the shoreline with its pipes shooting clay must have looked bonkers. Part of the man-made land being created was expected to be a bathing beach between Diversi and Cornelia with a harbor in the middle. Another section of land would be a picnic island further south toward Fullerton Avenue, accessible by a small bridge. As of the writing of that article, 35 acres of clay had been piped out of the lake bed, and once the process was complete, the total area of Lincoln Park would be nearly 500 acres. The bathing beach may sound funny, but there really weren't beaches back then as we know them now in that area. Near Fullerton and the shore, there was a small children's bathing beach, but as the name suggests, it was for kids. I'll have pictures from the Library of Congress showing what the area once looked like before the numerous expansions I'll post on social media. Also in this article, and keep in mind this was in 1909, was a shot at the number of statues in Lincoln Park. Quote, Lincoln Park is one of the most statue-strewn pleasure regions in the United States. Picnic parties are often depressed when the holiday seekers find themselves within the shadow of some grim, bronze notable of other days. Gotta love that writer's appreciation of historical figures. In April of 1911, a vote was approved that would add another 240 acres near Lincoln Park. For this latest round of Expand the North Side, the developers came clean on how they would create good soil to top the clay that was dredged out of Lake Michigan. They purchased a 100-acre farm north of suburban Lamont, about 35 miles southwest, and the developers planned to scrape the rich soil off the farmland and transport it by boat up the canal in Lamont and deposit it where needed. In an article in the April 6, 1911 Chicago Tribune, Lincoln Park Board Vice President Brian Lathrop went on to say, quote, We have reserved a certain section of this farm for a private nursery. Trees already have been set out, and we will transport them as we see fit in the new park. If I have any Lamont listeners, and I believe I do, what remains of this farm and nursery are in what is now the Waterfall Glen Forest Preserve. I'll include more info on how to find it in the show's notes if you want to check it out yourselves. Chicago-born Victor F. Lawson, publisher of the Chicago Daily News newspaper, suggested at a Lincoln Park board meeting in September of 1913 that a four-story building be erected in Lincoln Park for babies cared for by the Fresh Air Fund to be completed in 1915, and Picnic Island was mentioned as the site for the building. 
Although he did not get his wish for that four-story building, Lawson continued to be a longtime supporter of the care of babies through his newspaper's fundraising efforts. The April 15, 1916 Daybook in Chicago ran a story about 73 acres of land that would be added to Lincoln Park. This, much like the effort in 1909 that gave the area Picnic Island, would utilize soil dredged from the lake. The park commissioners aimed, according to the story, quote, to give the north side as big a park system as the south side has, end quote. Although it was designed in 1913, the new sanitarium building wasn't built until 1920. The prairie-style structure, made of brick with sweeping steel arches throughout, was one of several Lincoln Park buildings designed by Dwight H. Perkins, an important Chicago reformer and Prairie School architect. Perkins also designed several Lincoln Park buildings, including Cafe Brower, the Lincoln Park Zoo's Lion House, and the North Pond Cafe. In July of 1920, Francis T. Simmons, who had served on the Lincoln Park board for 15 years and was president for 12 and a big part of the area's development, died. Within a week, the board passed resolutions honoring his memory by renaming the man-made picnic island Simmons Island, a name that more than 100 years later is still in place. And again, for those of you paying close attention, Francis T. Simmons was the name of the lakebed-sucking dredge I talked about a few minutes ago. I could find no record of when the dredge was named for Simmons or why. Finally, in July of 1921, it was reported that the Chicago Daily News Fresh Air Sanitarium for Sick Babies, rolls right off the tongue every time, had opened its new $271,000 fireproof building, that's a little more than $4.1 million in today's money, on Simmons Island in Lincoln Park. In the previous wooden building, more than 70,000 sick babies and 340,000 mothers and older children had been cared for, with more than double that number visiting. This new building measured 300 feet long and 100 feet wide with 250-plus hammocks cooled by the breezes from the lake. It was also a staff upgrade. Under the direction of Dr. Rhoda Pike Barstow, there were five resident doctors, four graduate nurses, four undergraduate nurses, and eight staff members to handle registration and other administrative issues. Twelve of Chicago's leading baby specialists also volunteered their time and talents. The following year, in 1922, the Chicago Daily News held a competition open only to students and alumni of the School of the Art Institute of Chicago to design a sculpture to be placed outside the doors of the sanitarium. The winning design was created by Decatur, Illinois-born Ida McClellan Stout, who was awarded $1,000, a little more than $16,000 in today's money, plus another $1,000 for the construction budget. Called Charitas, Stout's design depicted a woman holding two children and was cast in bronze, resting at the end of a 30-foot-wide circular reflecting basin that also served as a wading pool. While that structure was later put in storage in 1939, then later taken out of storage, then moved around to various park sites around Chicago and even painted white, it was restored in the late 1990s to its original brown patina and returned to its rightful spot in Lincoln Park. Sadly, the wading pool was lost to the ages. 
By the 1920s, more changes were in store for that area. As it expanded further north, the popular Lakeshore Drive was eventually routed across Simmons Island, putting it close enough to the fresh air sanitarium that part of the building's front entrance needed to be demolished. The Lincoln Park Fresh Air Sanitarium remained active until 1939 when it closed, not for lack of funding, but because advances in medicine, refrigeration, and childcare made it less needed. During World War II, the building reportedly served as a dance hall slash USO center, and in 1953, the Chicago Park District took over the building's operations, converting it into Theater on the Lake, a venue for live theater productions. More renovations in recent years brought about the addition of the Lakefront Restaurant and the Lakefront Skyline Patio. Through continued creations of man-made land and beaches, Lincoln Park continued to grow and now totals 1,188.62 acres from Ohio Street Beach in the Streeterville neighborhood all the way to the north at Ardmore Avenue in Edgewater. Just north of the Theater on the Lake building and just west of the walking path is a large stone with a plaque dedicated to Francis T. Simmons. Although a little tough to find as it is hidden by trees, it is probably the only thing on the man-made land that acts as a reminder of Francis T. Simmons' efforts on behalf of Lincoln Park. The plaque was restored in 1999 through a generous contribution by the Elizabeth Morse Charitable Trust. La Rabita, the Fresh Air Hospital in Jackson Park at 65th and Promontory Drive, is still serving the community as La Rabita Children's Hospital. It has expanded over the years but remains steps from Lake Michigan. The hospital's focus now, as many of the original old-timey problems have been all but eradicated through modern medicine and vaccines, is to provide treatments for diabetes, cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, sickle cell developmental disabilities, and more. To quote that newspaper once again from more than 120 years ago, nothing shows more conclusively that humanity is reaching a higher level than the increased facilities provided for the care of the children of the very poor of our cities. for listening to today's episode about Chicago's fresh air sanitariums for babies and the development of Lincoln Park's shore. As always, if you have questions about anything covered today, anything to add or have an idea for a future episode, I'd love to hear about it. Send me an email at chicagohistorypod at gmail.com. I'll have plenty of pictures documenting all the fun stuff discussed in this episode on the Chicago History Podcast social media pages throughout the coming week. The original art for the Chicago History Podcast used on those social media pages was created by John K. Schneider. Thanks, Johnny. He can be found at AngelEyesArtJKS on Instagram or via email at AngelEyesArtJKS at gmail. If you have time, please rate and review the podcast. It really does make a difference. I will be back soon with another chapter in Chicago's history. Until then, get out and explore when possible. 
learn more about whatever city you live in and stay safe.